1: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Typical Skeptic Podcast. Today, I have an amazing uh, podcast to put together for you guys. Um, I have a returning guest. This is the second time he's been on my show. His name's Sergio El Halabi. Um, I I consider him a friend. Uh, We both have Lebanese heritage, so like you know, I can really relate to him on that. And we're going to be getting into that today, like. What's going on in the Middle East? Not just in Lebanon, but like the whole Middle Eastern area. And why is it such a mess? And but here's the thing: where you guys will it will interest you guys. It all ties back to the Anunnaki. It all ties back to Abrahamic religions. Um, there's so many. Like when you look at Lebanon in general, there's so many different sects of religions. Like, uh, and I sent men sects, sects, sect. You know, sectarian. So there's different. Like, there's Maronite Christians. There's Orthodox, Druze, Sunni, Shiite. And then they have Hezbollah there, which is an independent organization that, you know, the U.S. is deemed terrorist. But they, you know, um, then there's ISIS over in Syria. And then there's like, so there's uh, there's golf money pouring into the place. But then you also have Um, it's like the Paris of the Middle East, where you have nightclubs, fashion, women in bikinis, casinos, cuisine. cuisine. So it's very strange. Like It's a very strange dichotomy. And I want to get into that. But it all ties back to religion, the Abrahamic religions, and why people are fighting over there in the Anunnaki, from, from what I've been able to put together. And Sergio knows way better than me because he's from Lebanon. And a little bit more about my guest. He's an independent researcher, originally from Lebanon currently residing in Bahrain focusing on ancient civilizations mythologies ufology and conspiracy theories as well as spiritual investigator and beyond the paranormal studying new near-death experiences out-of-body experiences and the nature of reality and I love that and I want to because I I want to give him a big warm welcome to the show Sergio thank you for coming back on how are you
0: I am very good thank you for having me back I remember our uh, first episode was was so good I enjoyed it uh, fully so it was good that you reached out and we're back again
1: yeah it's I was gonna say not only do we have the Lebanese thing in common but you cover a lot of the same subjects that I cover like I love the ancient mythologies this ancient civilizations I love ufology conspiracy theories the paranormal near-death experiences out-of-body experiences like I feel like that stuff is more normal than than we really think it is. I think the paranormal is becoming more normal, and I think the veil is starting to thin. Do you think is that, is that was that what you do you think as
0: well? Definitely, definitely. There is a, a sort of a rejection now to everything that was considered normal. And how we're supposed to, you know, wake up, go to work, sit there for eight hours straight, get stuck in traffic, go back home, make money, uh, you know, try to compare our lives on social media and see who has the better things. It's like people have lived that for a while, and they have. They, we, we're, there's this awakening, and there's this resurgence of of ancient beliefs and ancient mythologies to how we used to do things. Uh, for example, there's a, there's this. Um, I, you know thought that I always give whenever every time I feel so flustered with work and like overwhelmed and I need a break, I always feel I need to go see something in nature. Like I need to go to a mountain somewhere. I need to disappear from from a city. I need to, you know disconnect from everything and and get that, get that toxicity out, get the healing back in whenever I, I visit those spaces, which are completely in nature. And I think that really ties into how we were supposed to be as as humans, who we were supposed to be, how we were supposed to be living. Because you don't see anyone who lives somewhere in a far off village or in a mountain or by the seaside saying, oh, you know what? I need to get away from all this toxicity. Let me go to a city and let me go get work and let me, you know, you know. So it's this, there's this thirst within us to go back to our nature and ourselves and Every time we, we dig back into the past and how our ancestors were living, how they used to deal with things, we can see how far off we've, you know, we've moved from the path and we've kind of get, gotten lost and, and all of that. And it's like, we need to go back. We need to understand where we came from. Why are we here? What's the spiritual world is like? What can we achieve as humans? What can we achieve as, as people? How much are, powerful are we? Because we keep getting shut down by the world that we currently live in.
1: That's fascinating. I, 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 I totally agree. Um, but before we got talked on this, before we started the show, you were saying that you have some new research on Yahweh and the Abrahamic yeah. religions. Did you want to sh- start off with that and share that? Because that sounded really interesting.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, the, there's uh, there's always these new studies and the linguists and uh, you know, when when you look back at the ancient texts and how they were written and you have these very smart people that are uh, today rereading everything with this new information, new light. You can see all the, the contradictions, you can see some mistakes and how everything ties back to, you know, that to, to the original uh, story or the original theory about how humanity has been contacted by a more advanced civilization within the past how we learned how to, you know, when we became civilizations, when we learned agriculture and um, sat down and, sit in, you know, and built and, and uh, put laws and all of that, it, everything it feels that it it reverts back to this idea that we were taught how to do that like this was not a natural evolution of our of our being it was it happened suddenly right we've talked about this before how for millions of years homo sapiens were living in nature they were tribes they were before cavemen and then they become small societies of hunter gatherers and so on and then out of nowhere, like it's like a shift that happened where we suddenly became, you know, uh, settlers and we sat down and we start putting laws and everything. And the timeline of that happening is extremely weird and very short over our entire civilization and uh, sorry, our entire evolution. And it comes back to, you know, all the texts that have been you know, written within the religions that have, you know, surfaced all over the, the globe. And what I wanna focus on today is uh, something related to Yahweh and Yahweh is basically the Abrahamic God, right? He is the, the God of Abraham. He's the God of all the Abrahamic religions. It has initiated and it started within the Middle East and you know, expanded now all over the world for the past five, 6,000 years. But going back to the origin of that and how that religion started, There seems to be a lot of contradiction and something off about this being, this supreme being calling himself Yahweh and how he basically came into power, how he introduced himself as who he is, the one God, as opposed to the many gods of the previous civilizations, and how he systemically destroyed the memory of humanity and how he sought to to destroy every artifact and every um, memory of previous gods and their capabilities and what those civilizations should do when they were in contact with these gods. And I want to start off with uh, something as as simple as the name itself. So Yahweh as a name, there seems to be also uh, something weird about it because there's this Italian linguistic, his name is uh, Moro Buglino, and he has studied... The ancient hebrew language and he states that within the in that time when the time when first yahweh made himself present to moses uh, in the book of exodus moses asked him what was his name and yahweh referred to oh basically like when god when when yahweh first appeared to moses moses asked who is this and yahweh referred Referred to himself as I am Yahweh, the God of your ancestors, the God of Abraham, the God of uh, Isaac, who who have met me before. Now, there's something. Wh- what's interesting about this is two things. First, the name Yahweh itself, the the pronunciation is off. So the what, what the what this linguistic said is that the letter H did not exist at the time. They could not say Yah. Where? These words were not within the dialect of the, of, the, of the people at the time. So once Yahweh introduced himself as that way, Moses <laughs> did not understand the name that he was hearing. He didn't understand what he was referring to, which means that Moses never actually has, have had never heard of Yahweh before. That is one, which is a big issue because he is supposed to have appeared to Abraham and to Isaac before and the Jews at the time were supposed to have been worshiping him. And yet, there is this contradiction that Moses asked, what does, what, who are you? Or what does this name mean? And the, the, what God said, and this is in, the, in Exodus 6, he said, I am Yahweh, the Lord. I appeared to Abraham, to Isaac, and to, jo- uh, to Jacob, God Almighty. And I reaffirmed my covenant with them. Under its terms, I promise to give them the land of Canaan where they will live as foreigners and so on. Now, what's interesting also about this is that Yahweh had to explain his name in, in, in pure Arabic. If you want to read the, the, the word, the, that verse in Arabic, when he says, I am Yahweh, when, uh, when Moses asks him, he refer, He says, I am Yahweh, ana huwa al-ladhi huwa, which means I am what I am. Because Moses asked him, what does it mean? What does Yahweh mean? Now this is very interesting because all the names in Hebrews have have meanings. So for example, if I want to refer to Adam, Adam comes from Adama, which means soil or ground, because that's where he came from, according to the mythology. Eve means the living one. Abraham means Abba, means father, because he's the father of the religion. Moses himself it actually means the one delivered from the water because that's how, to, how he was found in the Nile when his mother kept him there. Even the name Israel comes from Israel which is divided by two as in Isra, as in victory of and El which is El referring to for example Enlil or any God of heaven Israel victory of God. So in, in their nature the Hebrew names have meanings that's why they are given to people And yet when Yahweh referred to himself as Yahweh, Moses did not know that name. He did not know the meaning of that name, which means that that name did not originate in Hebrew, which means that Moses was in contact with an entity or a being not from the lands of uh, of the Middle East. He was not from there. And he referred to himself with a word that did not originate in the same language as Hebrew. That puts a very big question mark as to where did this being come from? And why would he use a language that is not understood by the Hebrew people? That is the first thing that raises a kind of a red flag when it comes to the origin of who this being is and how he referred to himself. And then you have all these places in the Bible and all these verses where you can see this, this, this how Yahweh took control, and he is basically commanding a mass forgetfulness for the people, and he wanted them to forget everything that has come before all the, the, the humans and all the civilizations that have made contact with other beings, Yahweh came and said, no, we need to destroy all of this. We need to stop doing that. So, for example, when he was giving the Ten Commandments, what he says is this He says, I am your Lord, I am the Lord, your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the lands of slavery you shall have no god other before me he did not say there are no other gods he said you shall not worship other gods so at the start from here Yahweh is referring to himself as one of the Elohim and he is actually admitting that there exists within those lands other gods other Elohim but he does not want his own people to worship them he also says you shall not Make for yourself an image in the form of anything in heaven, above the earth, or beneath the waters. You shall not bow down to them or worship them. For I am the Lord your God, I am a jealous God, punishing the children of the sins of their parents. This also, is also another situation where he himself has admitted that he does not want his people to worship other gods not as in bringing new information to them, telling them there are no other gods, I am the only one. He's only saying you are not allowed to worship other ones. There's even another section in the Bible, in the Old Testament, in the Psalm books, and the Psalm 82, says it says, God standeth in the congregation of the mighty, and he is among the other gods, where in that verse, he is actually communicating with other gods. And that's right written in the Bible itself. There is no mention. There is no focus on how this God, this Yahweh, was present, but he was in the presence of other gods as well at the time. This all ties down to how ancient civilizations, whether we're talking about the ones in Mesopotamia, the Anunnaki, or we're talking about other ones, for example, the aboriginals of Australia, even the Dogons of West Africa, even the, the, uh, the, the Aztecs, we're talking about the ones, the Native Americans, they all refer to different beings, and they call them the sky, the came down from the sky, right? Like, these are the sky armies, the sky people, every, the, every one of these civilization refer to, refers to beings that have come down from the sky. Either they have come down to help humanity or to colonize humanity. There is this conflict that has always existed within these religions about beings that have come down from the sky and have either been good to humanity or bad to humanity. And I think that, that stretch and that how, how we have basically started off humanity from the, from the get go, basically there's been the separation people have worshipping these gods, other people have worshipping these gods, some are actually saying, you see, these are my gods, they have come down from this constellation, from the Pleiades, for example, from the Sirius constellation, from the Orion constellation, which we see a lot of from that from e- in Egypt mythology, and at the same time, you have these Abrahamic religions, which have took over and now they're the most common and they're the most widespread religion because a lot of other mythologies have died down throughout all these centuries and thousands of years. And we're still facing these, the, basically the, 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 what happened at the start of our civilizations, how we were divided between those gods and they each had their own score and each had their own agenda. And they created this rift among humanity that we are still seeing happen till today. We are still seeing how people fight over religion, how they don't understand which god they are worshipping. Even among the Abrahamic religions, they have basically three versions of this god. And each one has his own messengers, has his own ways. So it feels like there is this continuous separation in humanity done by beings that have come from different you know, the vastness of space. And till now, we still see the effect that that happened. We are still suffering from that. We're still fighting each other from it. There's a nice sentence once I wrote, uh, I read once, which says everything that has ever happened in the Bible, the Torah and the Quran has happened in that small land in the Middle East, which is like a small radius. And yet till now, people are still fighting over it. People are still... Have waging wars against each other, and they're being pushed by the these ideologies and these these things.
1: Yeah, it's it's like an indoctrination. Like it's it, it gets indoctrinated into people when they're young, right? And then they 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 grow up believing in this, and then they actually fight for it. Whether it's a Islamic. Um, radical or it's like a israeli soldier or a palestinian refugee or or not a palestinian or just a palestinian man who wants to fight for his sovereignty or like or or the lebanese the the civil war over there the christians versus the the, the Muslims, I believe that was the civil war. Right. And yep. Yep. Uh, it's just like, it's like, it's been going on and on over there. like over, And the, and the like, thing
0: is it's not just indoctrination because we're not talking about kids who are getting to, you know, they're being taught these things. We're talking about generation upon generation of passed down ideas and and, and ideologies and radicalism that has its source within these it is or these beings, that this is where that original rift came from, because you have different types of people or different types of of civilizations that have conflicting information. And they say, "My God came from there, and I saw him. And you know they spoke to us, and they taught us this. And the others come and say, no, they actually came from this constellation, and they've taught us that. And they, so so that rift is is deep, buried deep within us, like it's on on a DNA level at this stage. It's not just about what we teach our children. It's, it's a complete reprogramming of our entire genera- uh, memories. Or we have, like, like we always say, that we are a species with amnesia. We have forgotten where, what is that truth, where we came from, where did that original problem start. And now we're just you know, going with it, just like sheep, just like going and going.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So would it, w- let me ask you this. Do you think this all does tie back to the Anunnaki? Like are the stories of the Anunnaki? Because let me let me just put something that I always say on my show is um I used to follow Gerald Clark. And I think we talked about this last time and I might even told you this. Like Gerald said that that the, the figure of Abraham or Abram, as they called mm-hmm. him, like mm-hmm. his father was named Tara and his father was a priest uh, for a god in the city of Or and that's that god was yeah. enlil okay yeah. and then but then do can we tie that
0: to yahweh and the creation of the abrahamic religions do you think yes definitely because because there's a lot of if if we read these ancient anunnaki uh, mythology and we connect them to the abrahamic ones you can see how much yahweh and enlil have in common they are basically one and the same and we're only talking about a name change it's not so much more than that we are referring to and again i've, I've mentioned this before uh on your show where uh, where the names of the angels that that or the messengers that were sent have that uh, you know the the suffix il at the end when when we're talking about uh, gabriel or michelangelo and all that and and we we name them in their original name which is jibreel manuel michael And all these, these were messengers coming from Il, Il is Enlil, this is the one and only, and they would refer to themselves as they are being sent from Yahweh. So I think what's happened is that over time and because there was a problem within the Anunnaki pantheon and they were split between what they were deciding to do with humanity, whether they want to reset the whole thing, whether they want to teach humanity how to evolve and you know give them all the new tools and everything uh, they, uh, and Lil, they had to had to you know change a little bit whether it was his name it changed his behavior a little bit and had to reform himself so that he would appear to a new new group of people which were the the, the jews which were slaves in in egypt and he came to them as the savior and i'm the one who's gonna Get you out and set you into the promised land, which is Israel, which is the victory of himself, which is what his land is called. It's called Israel, the, the, the victory of, of Enlil. So it all ties into him. That's where the breadcrumb are. They lead all to everything. When you connect the dots, everything goes back to Enlil and goes back to that original story of the creation of man and what God, or what Enlil or what Yahweh decided to do with man. Because both in the Bible and in the uh, mythology of uh, Mesopotamia, it is mentioned that whether it was Enlil in Mesopotamia or Yahweh in the Bible, that he wanted to kill all mankind and reset. He was not happy with what was happening. They were disobeying him. They were rebelling. They were creating their own language. He decided to go down to the Tower of Babel and destroy it. And he said, let us go down there and let us confuse their language so that they do not become like us. Even when, when uh, Adapa, which is Adama, which is Adam, first uh, ate from the fruit of the, the tree of knowledge, he did say, Yahweh did say, if he had eaten from the second tree, because there were two trees, the trees or tree of knowledge and the tree of life. And the tree of knowledge is what we ate from, basically. The story goes that, that Adam and Eve ate from it, and then they became self aware. And then once Yahweh saw that, he said, if they had eaten from the tree of life, they would have become immortal beings like us. We should not allow that. Again, referring to himself in the plural because he was in the presence of an entire pantheon of beings and not just himself.
1: Wow. So that, that proves it right there that these Anunnaki figures were real and they were, they yep. were, I mean, but why do you think they chose that? I mean, like, how do you think the religions actually came about the ones that everybody are fighting over? Like Christianity, the main three, that people are fighting over, which is the Christianity and the Middle East, Judaism and, and Islam. Like, how do you i mean it's i know how christianity came about well, obviously that was from christ right yeah but but that the rome had a big hand in that as well like the, of course the, the, you know like um because we don't know if jesus was real or you know i i it seems like he, yeshua might have been a real man like but like yeah at rome had a lot of like trickery in that
0: right like from yeah, constantly- but even his uh his divinity was uh, was put with so uh, I think there was a delay. I was saying that even uh, uh, Yeshua or Yeshua or Yeshua, uh, his his divinity or him being the son of God was put into question in the early days of Christianity. And there's a lot of of Christian sects that be, uh, belong to, like in the first two to three hundred years after his death, they were referring to him as simply as a prophet of God and not actually the son of God or the Messiah. So there was also among Christians that that this uh, um, uh, there was. Uh, you know they weren't agreeing on this until the catholic, roman catholic church basically you know came and said this is it these are the four bibles that we're going to be uh, you know these are the canon uh four bibles this is the date of um, uh, christmas this is the day of easter you know and all of that and then they proclaimed the divinity of of jesus and that was it and this is where there is theories that the, the Muslim uh, religion actually came from that original idea that Christ was not uh, he was not the son of God and he was not you know a divine he was simply a prophet and that kind of uh, because those those, um, those people were in Europe saying these stuff and they were exiled and they were excommunicated from the church so they fled to the Middle East and when they fled to the Middle East they came to you know the Arabian um, uh, peninsula and they met with the, the civilizations that were living there. And that's where these new thought, you know, the, the information were passed down. And then that's where the new religion of Islam came about. And again, in Islam, just like in Christianity and just like in Judaism, the gods that were existed within those lands were changed. They changed the name. So for example, Allah is really uh, associated with the moon and especially with the crescent moon and everything. And that is is a clear... A symbol of the god that who used to exist within the the land which is baal baal is the taurus and he had the two you know the, the the horns and that is that symbol of the crescent moon and that's and that's
1: um supposedly gerald gerald clark said that uh allah was supposedly nanar sin the moon god is that right yes, the moon the god moon-
0: exactly exactly and that yeah so so again just like Judaism took from a, from a previous uh, religion, and they amended certain things, and they changed a few names. So did Christianity. So did Islam. So we're still referring to the same level of evolution among religions.
1: Do Do you think that we? I mean, like, do, do you think like doing like shows like this will ever get to the the people that we need to reach to like change the world, so that people stop and like think about what they're doing and like you know like yeah. I like I watched Anthony Bourdain in Beirut, right? Like. I don't know if you were ever a fan of Anthony Bourdain or you got to watch his shows. He committed suicide, but like he did really good travel shows, you know, and he went to Beirut three times. The one time he went, he was 2006 was in, the, in the Israel war. Oh, then, yeah. then he went back in 2010 and he had a really nice trip and like he got, it gets to show a lot of this stuff. And for people that don't know, you know, like Lebanon, it can be one of the best places in the world. There's so much culture there. I mean, like we go back to the Phoenicians, like, um, and, and it's not just that, but there's like um, French influence there. There's a uh, golf influence there. There's, there's so many different cultures mixed. I mean, you could say it better than me. There's, there's casinos, there's nightlife, there's
0: uh, women at the beaches. It's, it's like, yeah, I mean, I mean, Lebanon is, is known for it's, it's extreme rich history. We're talking that there is the city of Biblos, which is, um, it's the north of Beirut. And Biblos is the oldest still inhabited city in the entire world. We're talking about seven to 8,000 years that this city existed and it's still there. And you can see throughout these thousands of years, all the different civilizations that have come and left and left their marks and left their temples and their buildings. We're talking about like uh, Roman. the The Roman Empire came. the The the, um, the Greeks had a presence. Uh, you have like the Temple of of uh, Baalbek. You have the Temple of Jupiter. You have, on the other hand, you have the Judea all the, uh, Abrahamic uh, temples, which obviously still exist to now. But you can still see those the effects of those. And there is this immense history in Lebanon and so much information. And it still has, like, even among archaeologists and people who are like us who try to, you know, try to understand this alternative history um, way of looking at things, there are still unanswered questions. There are temples there that they don't even understand how they were built. They don't know why they were built. And it just it still ties in with. That, that entire culture from that Middle East and how fr- it originated in Iraq, in modern-day Iraq, and it spread all over the Middle East and t- it left, you know, its mark everywhere. Even in Bahrain, even where I live now. Uh, about two years ago, I was driving and I saw this temple that was, you know, abandoned. It's old, and uh, but it had, uh, you know, a bit like writing on it to see w- the name and everything. And I walked in, and it's the temple of Enki. Like there's an actual temple of Enki. No, in are you I serious? Was, I was shocked. I was like, this, like this cannot be a bigger sign that you know. I'm, at least I want to write that. Like, what are the odds in in this small island? In the Gulf, there's an actual temple of Enki. that people actually worshipped him. There are people here right now. I know of a couple who were not able to, to, to bear a child, and, and the woman actually believes, still believes in, you know, in Enki. And she went to that temple to kind of like pray and do something there so that she would she would get that. So yeah, you can see that influence still exists till today. And every time people try to, you know, connect the dots or try to talk about it, there's it's a big shutdown, and no, we should not talk about this. Only Abrahamic religions, nothing else exists. Everything you say comes from, you know, the devil or Satan or whatever. So, yeah, there's so much, so much going on.
1: They, they, they won't, they won't, they won't acknowledge the real history, right? Or like, they won't- do You think it's like, it's like the. You think it's the 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 governments of the world that are like. Enforcing these Abrahamic religions on the people, or do you think it's the people that just choose not to look outside of their paradigm? Like, like going back to your podcast. Your podcast is called Paradigm Shift. Do you think it's that the people don't want to shift their paradigm that that they are stuck in the matrix,
0: like the three D world? I I believe people want to shift. It's just that there's so much fear when it comes with shifting. I've heard so many people. You cannot imagine the amount of people that I've talked to. Whether it was online, people reaching out because they listen to my podcast and they want to share their thoughts, and they tell me how they 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 basically don't feel alone anymore once they've listened to what I was saying. There was this this woman who contacted me from Australia, and she told me that thank you for doing this because I finally feel like I can I can relate to someone. I always have these thoughts, but I have no one around me to share with them. And honestly, to me, and I'm being very genuine here, that. Just one person, you know, if, if, my, if what I say affected one person and helped them in one way, then, then this is the, the entire reason why I do what I do. You know, I mean, just going back to your question when you were saying that, uh, do you think it's enough that, you know, people like us meeting and will it affect others? Yes, it will affect, but it's not an easy thing. We're talking about thousands of years of indoctrination, indoctrination through fear. And what's happening now is that, you know, all the governments of the world, they have this complete control over you know, the minds of people, right? They, they use that, especially in the Middle East and especially in Lebanon as well. Every time people start talking about wanting their own freedom, wanting a better life, wanting something different, that's when the topic of religion suddenly comes back in. It's like, it's like this veil over every topic that mankind wants to talk, whenever they want to talk about freedom and making a better life for themselves, there's this topic of religion comes up And then you see the fight, you see the burning again, and you see the issues rise up again. So it's a tool, it's a tool. People, uh, governments are using religion as a tool, political way to, to move everyone, to keep them in line, and to make sure that this separation keep existing. Because make no mistake that the only reason religions exist is to separate people. There is no other reason. I agree. If you want to say that I belong to one religion, what you're saying is that I reject every other religion. There is no way for you to be a religious person if you want to follow that religion and accept everything else. Christianity. If I want to accept Christianity, I have to completely denounce every other religion, which means it's creating the separation. It's already creating on a deep ideological ish, uh, way inside of me. It's creating a separation between me and another human being. That might not have been the way. Yeah, it, it, it's it's interesting. Like, it, it's
1: uh. So let me ask you this. Like. What, what is going on in Lebanon? Like, wh- who is it? What is it the government, would you say? Or is it because like, I'll go back to that Anthony Bourdain and Beirut episode, yep. like, he was having dinner with just a regular guy and his family in, in the middle of Beirut. And the guy had an AK 47 on the wall. And he said, the only reason why I have this is to protect my family, because yep. there's constant fighting. Like, is it really like that? Is it really like, is that why you had to leave there?
0: I mean, I had to leave. I left, what, now 13 or 14 years ago. I left and I came here. And uh, the reason why I left is because uh, it's very difficult to live in Lebanon. Like, Lebanon is a very beautiful country. is extremely, there's so many things to do. People are nice. The food is amazing. The nature, you know, you can go do so many things. It's just, it's a very, very beautiful place to be in. Except the problem is that it's it's governed by people who basically they're they're if if you've read Animal Farm have you read Animal Farm by uh, George Orwell like I remember that yeah if if you read that book it's like it's like people in uh, in the government in Lebanon they took that book as a blueprint you know as a manual and they decided that's how they're gonna rule over Lebanon because what they do is that they use religion as the main issue and they keep focusing on that, and that keeps creating problems within the the, the people. Because every time someone tries to talk about the economic issues, they talk about the social issues, religion comes into play. And the reason why religion is such an important topic in Lebanon is because first, Lebanon is extremely diverse. We are talking 18 to 19 different sects that exist in Lebanon. Like we're talking, you know, from every different religion, whether in Christianity, you have Maronites, Greek Orthodox, uh, Greek Catholics. Um, You have the Sunnis, the Shia, the Druze, so many different sects, and, you know, they all want a a form of representation, right? But at the same time, what happened during the civil war, which is extremely complicated, but the main gist of it is that the the two parties, the two main things that happened in Lebanon were, on one side you have the Christians, on the other side you have the Muslims, and they were killing each other. that led to even the christians among themselves they were killing each other and the muslims among themselves they were killing each other because that's what war does it just like tears everyone apart so and then what happened which is I think it's it's a weird situation because out of nowhere they decided that the war finished no one won no one lost so what they did was like all the governments of the world of the Arab world Europe they came in and they were like okay stop the war we're done now all have to live together and you have to accept each other And you're talking about people who have like imagine your neighbor who killed your family and now they're telling you you are not allowed to you know kill him anymore because the war is over you need to live together so it created so much tension and it's like the country is living on this barrel of of, uh, you know like uh, gunpowder and it's waiting to explode and every once in a while we see these things pop up because people have not healed from this people have not for, they did not forget what happened. My parents lived through that war. I, to an extent, I was born during that war. Mom, the house I was living in is destroyed, so we had to like run away because the war is getting literally on our uh, doorsteps. And a month after we ran away, we discovered that where we were living is now like on the ground completely. So you're talking about all these issues that have people have not healed from, and they carry them through you know the, their own you know dna they 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 carry them they give them to their own children as well and and it's not gonna end until people start you know to wake up and ask questions and realize this is not okay this is not data you know, and that that's how that's why we do what we do basically to try yeah. to bring this to them
1: yeah and and hopefully like this will we make we can make a change but like i mean even if we affect the minds of like a couple people like you know like it, like just to see that like you know that maybe the religions of the world are the problem, you know, like maybe maybe that's the main problem, and, and it has been over time, like even here in the states, you know, religion's a problem, you know, like yep. it's it's um, it's 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 very strange. But um, what I wanted to do real quick, I, I and we still have like uh 15 minutes, I, I wanted to uh, I wanted to share my screen. Let me see if I can pull this. Oh, yeah, I can hold on, and I wanted to show the audience some of the topics you cover on your podcast because like. You cover a lot of the same stuff I do, and I thought maybe we could maybe go over maybe one or two of these topics because, like sure. your 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 podcast is awesome. But anyway, guys, if you can see I'm sharing my screen, this is his podcast. Um, you know he gets into hollow earth Mandela effect all the stuff we love um, uh, all, it's complicated subjects like how the universe allowed a lot of polarity explains God proof an ancient nuclear war in India I've never heard that before um, oh. you know like this is just amazing stuff like um, when did you, what made you want to get into all this like alternative um, topics like
0: well I mean the, the, the simple answer to that is that uh, given where I was brought up and You know, like we've said, I I was brought up in Lebanon and it was at the end of the civil war. There was a lot of issues when it comes to religion, everything. So I grew up in a very Christian bubble, if you want, in a very Catholic bubble where we were taught as kids, you know, not to talk with people from other religions and that, you know, Christianity is the the only truth and that everything that's in the Bible is 100% correct and all of that. So once I grew up uh, in my late 20s, I started reading in other stuff. I started reading about other religions. I started reading about religions in the past, especially when I came to Mesopotamia and that mythology. That's when I realized that almost everything I was taught was a lie to an extent. Like it was skewed. It was, uh, you know, I, I kind of was indoctrinated one way or another. But all I had to do was read a few books make the connections myself, understand where is the lie, where is the truth. And I found myself, you know, rejecting these things that I was taught. Yeah. So that took me down this this, uh, this uh, rabbit hole, if you want, of information. And I felt that if I was doing that and if I was taught in a specific way, it's my duty, it's my job, maybe as a human, to relay that information to others. And the way I do it is... I try to make it as simple as possible. I try to make it as relatable as possible because these are, like you said, these are very, very complicated uh, topics. Like we're talking what are we living in a simulation? Simulation theory is something that is extremely, extremely complicated and it has roots in, in, in math and in physics and chemistry and all of that. But I don't want people to feel overwhelmed by this information and to walk away from it. I want them to feel like this is something they can, at least I can introduce them to these ideas, and then they can take it from there, just like I did. I heard some ideas from other people. I read some books, and I thought, okay, now I need to, you know, do my own. I need to research and study and do that. So that's what basically the, the whole purpose of this, and that's what led me down this path. Just I just want to relay ideas to other people and have them make their own conclusions
1: yeah and um what are your thoughts on simulation theory and the mandela effect it's really interesting right it's like it's yeah. definitely like um it's it, i can get into that and talk about it all day like yeah. the mandela effect like I, I mean like it's it's just so weird like the things, it seems like like somebody's messing with timelines like
0: somebody's yeah yeah like, mandela definitely effect. Like, like, i mean do you think The the Mandela effect is something that's extremely, it's always fun for me whenever I introduce someone new to the Mandela effect, and I start asking them a question, like, what do you think that person said? Or what do you think the colors of this? Or what do you think that, you know, the continent that existed here, where do you actually think it is on the map? And then once they answer me with such, you know, confidence, yeah, I mean, of course, it's this. And then I tell them, nope, that's not it. It's actually that and and you see that look on their face, you know, this is the first look I also got when I got introduced to the Mandela effect. And I'm like, how is that even possible? Like my memories cannot be that bad, right? Like it cannot teach me something or, or I think about it. And then you see how so many other people remember things the same way as you do. And yet there is no memory of it anywhere, right? And it's it's such an interesting thing. And it ties into the simulation theory, which is that, you know, whether... The, the, the issue with simulation theory is that people tend to think of it as a computer program, right? Like I think movies like The Matrix and other, and 13th Floor and video games that do that, they tend to make us think that simulation is connected to technology. I don't personally believe that. I feel t- uh, simulation is much more on a spiritual level, if you want. Like there are there are things that we don't really understand how we are how we are within the simulation that we are in right now. But again like when you go down that rabbit hole of simulation theory, you see how much like how, for example, uh, you know, the, the, as they call it, the God number, which uh, is 0.618, which comes from the Fibonacci sequence and how it, it creates the patterns that we see all over in nature, right? Like, like how, how things grow, even, even on, on a huge scale, like the way the galaxy is done is, is within that, that um, golden mean circle that exists and when you look down into the smallest stuff and the atoms as well how they operate so it's like there's this code right that is written and that's what our reality is based on that, that brings the simulation theory to you know.
1: It's interesting. I wanted to ask you this. I thought this was interesting. You're um, you own a coffee shop out there in Bahrain. Like now, yeah. is, when you when you when in your coffee shop, do you share these ideas with people? Do they yeah. think you're like the conspiracy guy or like? Do they are they accepting of it or what, how's that working out?
0: See, the good thing about the, the way my coffee shop went is that we have, uh, we, I was able to create these uh, communities, right, and it, it it attracted so many different communities, like, for example, people who are into books, where they created their own book club, people who are into, you know, art, they, they would come, they come every week, and then they create art and stuff like that, and then one particular uh, community was interested in because I do something called the discussion club uh, where we talk about you know any topic and we kind of debate among each other and stuff like that and what's interesting is that these topics attract apparently certain a certain group of people or a certain community, and then you see us sitting around for like two to three hours and just discussing these ideas. That did you know that you know like in, in ancient civilizations they were talking about this, or that the pyramids are apparently some energy source that that they're still trying to figure out what they are, or that. You know, we are living in a, a what a real uh, universe, or is it a projection? And then someone would would chime in and say, "Yeah, I, I watched how, for example, last year there's this physicists, uh, you know, the Nobel Prize winners who were able to pr- to um, confirm that that the universe is a projection." And then someone else would say, "So it's like it's it's kind of like I, I don't know how to explain. It. It's kind of like this, you know, when you talk about the law of attraction and how you attract people to you that have the same mindset." Right, And it's been happening with me and it's very fascinating to see because I keep running into people who, who, who just want to talk about this stuff, who just want to talk about spirituality and they want to talk about the nature of reality and what our universe is made of, what can we do and stuff like that. So it's a very interesting dynamic that, that's happening.
1: I love that. I love that that that's happening, like in your in your area. Like that's amazing. Yeah. I love that you're like be becoming a beacon for it. You know, like, and you're doing a, such an amazing work with your podcast. Like, I love every topic that you cover. Like, um, I love this one is Earth and Alien Prison. Did, did, I yeah. mean, what did you think about that one? Like, what did you what did you cover in that one? Uh,
0: basically, uh, uh, this was a while ago, but um, I, I was it was about how humans. But we as humans don't feel like we are equipped to live on, on, on Earth. There's so many things within our, our biology that doesn't feel it originated from Earth. right? I agree. Like, like you see how animals live in such harmony with nature and everyone lives in a specific biome that is made for it and just lives there and does not affected. We as humans, it feels like we're, 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 a, bit, we're a bit off, like we're, we're, you know, it's not supposed to be on Earth or at least not this Earth. So uh, like, for example, how, you know, if if you stay so much out in the sun, you get cancer, right? Like it affects you. It's supposed, it's not supposed to do that, given that if we had evolved on earth, we're not supposed to have that kind of reaction to nature around us. And there's definitely other stuff. So it does feel that perhaps either we originated in another, uh, on another planet, and then we were brought here, or our DNA was mixed with something else. And this is what came out of it. But there's definite, there's something definitely off about humans being on earth and how we don't feel like we belong there.
1: Yeah, one, one, one thing that you said, I listened to a, a show you did with a guy who does a paranormal podcast. I can't remember mm. which one it was, but it was on Spotify. It was good. You were talking about the Inunaki. Yeah. But one thing you mentioned at the end, you said, I'll leave you with this. You said um, the, the only hair. creature that, that uh, yeah. grows hair besides yeah. us is the genetically yes. modified sheep. So yep. we're the yep. only species that grow hair is our, on our head. Is that is Yeah, that so
0: basically it's, it's not that we grow hair on our head. The 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 weird thing about our biology when it comes to our hair on our head is that it does not stop growing. Like for example, like let's say you don't cut your hair. It's going to keep growing until until it reaches, you know, the ground and if you don't cut it, you will die and then it keeps growing, right? This does not make sense on any evolutionary uh, level because We need a tool to cut our hair, right? It's not something within our body that makes it stop. We need a tool to cut it. That means that humanity evolved. And then at some point, something happened with our DNA that made that, that, for example, that our hair grows as a, a, it could be like a side effect of a, a genetic manipulation. And that's what we were left with because the other, other creature that does that is a sheep and sheeps. We have, as humans, as a, as a more advanced civilization, we have genetically modified sheep so that they grow that, uh, the wool that's on them, and then we cut it, and then they can you know, grow it again, which means that, again, this would not originate in nature on its own. This was a manipulation. So if we want to look at ourselves, we also seem to have side effects to a, to a form of genetic manipulation, and it's the form of our hair. That's
1: fascinating. So let me ask you this: what, if you had to guess, what do you think we were before the genetic? News? Okay, like because okay, I'll just go deep for a second. Like if you, I look at like like past authors like Sitchin and in the in the African shaman Credo Mutwa. Like Credo Mutwa says the reptilians came and they They said humans used to be androgynous, and the reptilians came and they put humans in one tunnel and another tunnel, and they came out male and female, and the reptilians laughed like it was a big mm-hmm. joke that's that's a that's a myth but that was from credo move while he was a shaman he did that show with david ike i don't know if you've ever saw it it's called the reptilian agenda but you know yeah. it's it, it, okay yeah so there's that there's that myth but then there's also the Enkian and enlo that yep. and Nin genetically modified humans exactly. that making humans yep. and some of them came out deformed so yep. i mean it's all it's everywhere
0: in our history that's it's there if you want to find it right like that's, this genetic that's manipulation. manipulation. yes thing. that's the thing because what's Exactly, because that's what's so interesting is that we're not just talking about one mythology that is referring to how humanity was created. We're talking about mostly all of them that we know of, where they refer to how humanity was was created, which is through the help of beings that came from the sky and that they created something. The difference is some would say that they created them out of nowhere or uh, of nothing or that they manipulated an existing being on plan on Earth. And that's when the modern human came up. So, for example, even in in Abrahamic religion, it's mentioned that we were created, but it's mentioned in a more, um, how do I say it? More symbolic way. Because the way it's done in Abrahamic religion is that says God created us in his image, right? Just in his image. And you would take it as a more symbolic, like, oh, there's a piece of God in me, or it was in his image, as in like, you know, he, 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 he cast something from himself into me. But then when you look back at how, for example, the Anunnaki did it, they actually say that they took an animal from, from Earth and they mixed it with their own DNA, in their own image. So we're still talking about the same thing. So that animal that was changed in, uh, and infused with the DNA of the Anunnaki, that led to the creation of modern man. And even when you look at the difference between homo homo sapiens which preceded Homo sapiens, and how these, uh, these um, creatures lived on Earth, and it was more harmonious than we did and everything, and they were living in a specific way. And then suddenly modern man came out of nowhere, created civilizations, created cities, put laws and everything. That is the key. There is a missing link between who we originally were or who our ancestors were when it came to pre-humans and what happened. That it created the modern
1: man. Yeah, because right, isn't there isn't there a weird part in the timeline where our um our brain doubles or something like that in size, which I've never understood that.
0: Yes, uh, there is definitely that. Uh, I haven't gotten that too much into this, but I definitely heard about how there is something within our brain that it kind of like overgrew. Another, by the way, and given you mentioned the 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 brain and everything, and another example of how humanity. Is- Is not doesn't feel like it evolved on earth is how uh, as babies we are actually born prematurely like we were we uh, babies stay nine months in the in the womb of the mother right but when we are born we're the only creatures that cannot survive unless we get the aid of a parent or uh, um, an adult to help us survive all other animals once they're born they can immediately I mean, it's a bit slow, but they can immediately take care of themselves and and go into that survival mode and and act on it. But we as humans, if a baby is not taken care of for several months, he will actually die, which means that, again, there's a problem and there's an issue with us on a biological level that made humans or babies, uh, they're, they're born three or four months prematurely than they were supposed to. Another sign of a side effect of genetic manipulation or else we shouldn't have been if we shouldn't have been evolving into this if you know what i mean
1: yeah that's fascinating um wow well um is there anything else you want to share today that we didn't cover that you just want to or did you just want to share your website and stuff or
0: uh, no, I mean, uh, basically everything, I mean, you've showed uh, my podcast and the name and, you know, I'm I'm everywhere uh, on all podcast channels. I also have um, an Instagram page. It's paradigm.shift.experience. And there is basically I, you know, do a more visual representation of the topics I discuss on my podcast. So there's, it's more designed and more, you know, visual and all that. That's so cool. people can find me there and reach out. And, you know, I, I love talking to people. Yeah. Well,
1: uh, thank you so much, Sergio. It was really nice meeting you and talking to you again. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed these conversations. I'd love to have you on again.
0: Yeah, sure. Me too, me too. It's always, always good. And I would love to come again, definitely. All right, uh, until next time. Thanks, have a good night.